Hey, hey. How we doing, Finn? We're back. Welcome to the Boys Will Be Boys podcast, everybody. Um, Finn, I want to know, brother, how was your day? Man, it's good. Um, as many as you guys know, um, we do record these on Sundays majority of the time. Um, today just happens to be the Sunday of September 23rd, 2018. You had to look at your phone. You didn't know what the day was. That's yeah, that's true. It's a, it's a big day in history. You will definitely <laughs> remember this day. And that is because, ladies and gentlemen, if you live under a rock, Tiger Woods won today for the first time in five years. The big cat. And, Alex, that's a big day for me. Pulled um, it out. I've, I've been a fan of Tiger for a long time, ever since I was little, watching him hit Through a Through his ball. ups and downs of his career Until and you his stuck with it. personal life. Yes. And uh, today he got a dub, first time in five years. I'm going to tell you, it was one of the coolest things because as he was making his way down to the green on 18, yeah. there's like, if you've ever watched like Tiger Woods live, there's probably 20,000, 30,000 people that are following him just because yeah. you just realize you're Woods. watching the greatest of all time. Right. And as he's waking, making his way down to the green, there's about 20,000 people that just start following him onto the fairway because he's the last one. And yeah. so they're just out on the fairway. These crowds of people are around him. Yeah. And, like, security's trying to keep him away. And he's just making this long walk to the green. Yeah. And it looked like a scene out of Forrest Gump when he's, like, running and all these people are running behind running him. Running behind the crowd And at one point, him. dude, I almost shed a tear because a USA chant broke out as he was reading that final putt. Yeah. And I said... Man, you know, a lot of people like to complain about 2018, but this ain't so bad. Amen, It dude. felt a little like 2008 today. He did it in red, and it, it was, was a awesome. big day. Tiger, um, I'm sure you're listening. Uh, we're proud of you. We've loved you. Or we love you, and we've always loved you. And we're here for the long haul, bro. Congrats. From the boys. Yeah. How are you, bro? Big day. Um, I'm good. I uh, I didn't get the chance to watch it live, but I watched some highlights of uh, Tiger putting out, and it was really powerful moment i will say uh today has had it's been an emotional roller coaster because i went from celebrating tiger's victory um to kind of it was a rough uh, about 90 seconds of my life today um i pulled into qt and um ordered an iced coffee mm, okay and cold brew i'm assuming yes Ordered a cold brew to be more specific. Uh, and if you don't know, QT has some great cold brew. Let me plug them real quick. Um, if you're on the on the interstate, you can pull over and uh, get your caffeine needs over there. But, uh, yeah, so I got my cold brew. I walked back to my car, um, took the gas nozzle. I, I set the cold brew in the inside of my car, took the gas nozzle out of my car, reholstered it to the pump, um, then took, like, got receipt, whatever, closed my, uh, got, was getting into my car, realizing that I no longer had a cup of cold brew. Oh, um, no. my floorboard and my seats had a cup of ice and cold brew, but no longer did the QT cup. Mm. So man, that was a rough time. Um, I cleaned it up as best as I could. My car still smells like coffee, which I guess isn't a terrible thing. It will thing. for the next year and a half. But I was just, I was really looking forward to it. Three and a um, half dollars down the drain. Yeah. But I got another one right now, so we're all good. Uh, my, I'm, I'm back. I'm back in the game. But it was, it was kind of a rough afternoon Jeez, when that happened. That's a tough one. And, I, and it was like literally right before I was studying for a test. And so the whole time I was studying for the test, I was just like, what's the point? Just defeated because yeah. you don't have a cold brew. Well, let me try and cheer you up here with a question from our audience. Yes, um, please. 
This one actually didn't technically come from an audience member. Um, this was just a, a conversation, apart from boys will be boys, and it's hard to oh. believe, conversation that I had with a friend of mine. His name's Christian. I'll give him a shout-out here. Hey, Christian. And Christian asked me, you know, at what point do you begin to fart in front of people you know? Because, you know, there's a certain social barrier to where, you know, you're not going to fart in front of a person. Yeah. And so I'm assuming that this – just for argument's sake, we'll say that this is uh, a pre-warned fart. Like you said, hey, bro, I'm, I'm about to fart. And you let them know. Wait, what? Or, you, like, tell them? Yeah. You tell them you're about I to? I feel like if, if you got to the point where you're going to fart in front of them, this is one that you're comfortable. This is at what point are you comfortable telling them, hey, either I'm about to fart or I have just farted. What you smell was me. In fact, I did that. Okay, and I'm proud of it. So there, because there's, there's this whole thing when you pass gas, and like it, it's all how you work it. You can take the route of, so when the incident happens, you can, because um, when you asked me this question initially, I was think I was taking more the route of, uh, like you pass gas and like maybe not tell them. Like there's that whole option. And like, especially if it's one on one, like I do that to people I don't know in the aisle of Target. Okay, like, so this yeah. is this is you are admitting to the person. Okay, for me, it's not necessarily a matter of time. Yeah, you know, it's not like oh, I have to know you for at least six months before I can fart in front of you. For me, it's really a matter of like, what have we experienced together? Okay, so okay. like, have we hung out enough to where you have gotten to know me as a person? Yeah. I'm no longer trying to, you know, kind of be polite or I'm, I'm a relatively polite person, I feel like. But yeah. Maybe that's not the word, but I am not trying to, like, impress you or anything. Like, you are getting 100% thin. Okay, so if you have known me long enough to where we are at that point, I'm 100% great farting in front of you. Like, I farted. I'm just going to be honest and candid with y'all. I farted in front of Alex and told him about it 10 minutes before we recorded this podcast. This is true. That actually did happen. Um, you know, this is tough for me because, um, like, like you said, time is not really the factor here. Um, because I feel like, I feel like I would have the social intelligence to meet someone for the first time, depending on who the person is. Um, and within the first 15 minutes being able to fart in front of them and it'd be okay. Um, there are exceptions, um, I think, but like, I think location is a big deal. Um, like if you're in like, I, I, I'm trying to think of a place where like, it would be totally okay. Totally acceptable to just, it's different than far. Like if you're hanging out with some friends in a living room, like yeah. someone you've just met, it's, it's different than, you know, you I think, are, I think funeral. my car is a pretty, is, is a fire zone. I think. When you step into my car and I'm driving, <laughs> I think that's you've kind of given up any shield that you once had. You've also given up any right to to leave that situation yeah. because they're stuck with you. Yeah, and so at that point, it, I say my I, car, my rules. I, I I think anybody now there are some people that if we were in the car one on one, I would not want to admit. But if we're for the most part, if we're in my car, any like anybody that's in my car, I'd be, I would have to tell them. I would feel comfortable telling them. If it wasn't someone I was comfortable telling, I'm not doing it, period. You know, it's, unless it just slips out, I'm going to have the discipline to hold it. It's only in like 
open spaces that you really just like let it go real quick and hope nobody notices it because if you're in a I mean, if you're old enough to know this, like if you're like not four years old, you're going to know if you are in a car in a closed space. Yeah. You guys are stuck with that smell. Right. Well, I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we cleared some gray area on that. Yeah. Folks, if you are uh, sitting next to somebody that you don't know terribly well and you're wondering, Hey, when can I fart in front of this person? Now, you know, you know, it's all about experience. It's not a time thing. Yeah. It's all about the experience you guys have shared today. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about a, a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, something that I have been interested in since I was little, yep. and I think the entire world is intrigued by what we're about to talk about. So buckle your seatbelts, grab your popcorn, gather around, because we are talking about conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories. Alex, what you got? So here's the deal. Uh, let me just kind of put this as an intro to some of my things that I'm about to talk about. Whenever I think about conspiracy theories, uh, and for example, this happened this week. So you know how, like, let's say one night you get home, like, at a pretty reasonable time, let's say, like, 930, and you say, oh, wow, I can be, like, in bed, brush teeth, like, by 10 o'clock. And then you get in bed, like, 10 or 10, 15, and then you stay up till like, 1 or 2 watching conspiracy theories on YouTube or, like, looking them up online. Um, And suddenly your night is just gone because you're... No, like, disrespect to Netflix, but the best ones are on YouTube. Yeah. Because that's anybody. Like the little 15, they don't 20 minute documentary. platform. They can just put whatever they want yeah, on there for and real. present it as fact. They can, yeah, it's great. So here's a, so what I did was um, I didn't have the discipline to, like, choose one and just really dive in There's and, like, so read articles and watch YouTube videos on one. I, like, I watch a video on one and then, like, another one will come up and I'll be like, what? Like, that's even better. And so like, I just have so many. So I'll just share a few of them that I thought were interesting. And that I read a little bit on, um, so this first one, um, is the conspiracy theory that JK Rowling does not exist. (laughs) I've heard this one (laughs) because I, I think the theory is how could one person, Write however many books are in that series and sell. I think it was. I think it's like eleven or ten or eleven books because I think some of the movies are split. I've yeah, seen the movies. It's it, it's like over two hundred and fifty, maybe million, like lots of millions of copies sold. Like the only other person that can sell that many books is God and the Bible. The Bible. <laughs> like there, that has to be like first and second. Did uh. And is there like a lot of evidence to support? Well, so the the theory is that instead of just this J.K. Rowling figure that has been portrayed on this woman, whoever it is, um, it's actually she's like a front, and there's actually like a team of writers writing these novels. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a whole story about like how J.K. Rowling like grew up poor, um, but. Whenever I hear a conspiracy theory like this, I just jump on board. I'm so about it. We don't yes. need proof. J.K. Rowling facts. is not a real person, and there's a team of ten people that wrote the Harry Potter series. Um, I don't want to steal any of your thunder here, but the same thing happened. There's a conspiracy theory out there that Michelle Obama is a man. Which it- brings me to my next <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, that that was actually one of my nominees. <laughs> I love that. I just think that's so funny. Um, and I'm not one to judge... Whether or not she is a man or a woman, um, 
I don't think we need to go too deep into that, but sure. I just think that it's interesting that that conspiracy theory is out there. I think one of the funniest <laughs> things about that one, their leading form of evidence is like an interview with both her and Barack Obama, where Barack accidentally calls her Michael, <laughs> and that's their leading like piece of evidence. That yeah. They say, oh, she's a man. There's yes. no way. <laughs> I love it. That is so funny. All right, uh, this next one. Um, Melania. Speaking of the first lady, Melania Trump, uh, there is a doppelganger uh, that is well. hired by the White House to travel with our president um, to act as Melania Trump when she is unable to go on these outings. This one was very intriguing because they were like, they did like, I saw something on Twitter of side by side photos and yeah. they did not look like the same person. Yeah. And so Melania, I don't know if like you're doing some things with your makeup, uh, but you're. Something has led people to believe that there is two of you, um, and so I think that that's crazy. And so again, I'm on board. There are two first ladies. If you um, if you would like to do an interview, Melania, and clear that up, yes. you know, we'd be okay with that. I know you and and both Tiger as well. Tiger, if you want to do an interview, talk about your win today, we definitely can. I'm sure you guys are listening. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this last one is uh, I'll talk about this one. I've got one that I kind of dove into. So. Uh, Finn, you and I have both been to uh, the great country of Israel. Mm. Um, we had some, most beautiful place in the world. We had some um, experience, uh, I guess, meeting um, in a limited amount. Uh, some of the members of the Israeli government um, in the Israeli, specifically um, members of the Is- Israeli military. Yeah, we're um, actually, if you, for those of you that don't know, Alex and I are both certified, documented Israeli pilgrims. Yes, it's very true. Uh, have we have the certificates. Prove it. Um, so yes, we we encountered some Israeli um, members of the military, and so which kind of piqued my interest in this next one. Um, the Israeli government um, has trained um, aggressive sharks with GPS locators in them. Um, now I will say that this one was more of like a pop up ad, right? Um, for for what benefit? Well, there's many bodies of water, many significant bodies of water in Israel. There's yeah. the Sea of Galilee, uh, the Which Dead Sea doesn't have sharks, and in that's it. not important. There's just a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of. I think <laughs> we can all agree. Mediterranean. That's about it. We can all agree that there's a lot of bodies of water in Israel, and they have to be protected somehow. And so, obviously, the Israeli government has funded some research um, and even maybe some prototypes in uh, aquamarine training. And I bet you they're in the Jordan River, you yeah. know, because the Jordan River is going to border um, yeah. countries. And so I think, what is it, like Lebanon that has bordered it? And so you've got all these aggressive sharks at the border if you try to cross that thing. But God forbid someone's being baptized, and yeah, that would be a bad day. So it's still, obviously, there's still some development things that need to happen before uh, that is really taken to the public. But I'm just here to tell you first to watch out if you are ever in the bodies of water uh, within Israel. I'm telling you, those all those waters are really murky, too. Yeah. So be careful. They might sneak up on you. Okay, so this next one, um, I whenever I whenever I first read it, uh, this is I think it's a pretty popular one. I just love it because um, it, it relates to me when I was growing up. Finn, did you ever watch um, the television program Phineas and Ferb? I did not. Um that's okay. I'll Elementary give you... school was rough with the name Finn, and Phineas Ooh. and Ferb was the uh, most popular show mm. on TV. It's okay. But... I'll give you a quick rundown. So Phineas and Ferb are two stepbrothers um, who are 
pretty much child geniuses and they build all of the engineer all of these different creations um the the whole theme of the show is they are trying to make their summer not so boring okay. um, however there is a common enemy his name is dr doofenshmirtz um who tries who is constantly trying to um bring havoc into their city and so what happens is phineas and ferb are constantly making these fun inventions having a having a really good time and then somehow in each episode it's incredible how it happens but their invention usually uh saves the city from from whatever dr dr doofenshmirtz's like plan was if i had that name i'd spend my time trying to figure out how to make people pay as well so so here's here's the thing um here's the conspiracy theory now that i've given you some background knowledge um and for those of you that are fans of the show you'll know exactly what i'm talking about when i say this Uh, there's a conspiracy theory that phineas um one of the two main characters of the show is actually the biological son of dr doofenshmirtz what? Okay, so Dr. Doofenshmirtz um, is this uh, single dad who um, has kind of had a rough past, uh, just kind of like any typical bad guy uh, plot. Um, but there's some there's some points that you just can't you can't get around um, when you look at the show a little closer. So Phineas. Um, and Ferb are stepbrothers, right? Yep. So Phineas, um, his mother is married to Ferb's father. Okay, so we have that. Phineas also has a sister named Candace. That'll come into play later. Um, so Phineas, Phineas's mother, um, at, at one time was married to a different man or had a child with a different man, whom we have, whom we don't no know, foreknowledge of. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and after some events had occurred, obviously, she remarried or married um, her current husband, um, Ferb's father, right? So, um, we're not sure the story or the, the show never identifies Phineas's biological father. Now, listeners, if you're listening right now, I need you to, if you're on your laptop, if you're on your phone, if you're driving, wait to do it later. Um, I need you to get on um, Google Chrome because Safari, you can just go ahead and delete off of your phone. Um, get on Google, Google Chrome, Chrome best browser. and go to images and look up Dr. Doofenshmirtz and then look up a picture of Phineas because their resemblance is out of this world. You may not have noticed it when you were in elementary school watching it, uh, but they both have um, un unavoidable noticing triangular heads. Mm, I'm looking at it right now. You are. Okay, so you see the resemblance in that form, right? Beak form. Yes. Nose. Right, very much yeah. so. Um, so there's, Even the eyes, where the eyes are the same. Yeah. They both have these blue and, eyes. And I will say, the circular eyes, they kind of, those are kind of common throughout the whole show. That's kind of an animating feature. But, I know, but I'm talking color. Okay, okay, so same color. Different color than Ferb's eyes. Yeah. So Dr. Doofenshmirtz and Ferb, or I'm sorry, Dr. Doofenshmirtz and Phineas, we can agree that they have very similar features, right? Um, now, Dr. Doofenshmirtz, in a few episodes of the series, 
had a daughter. Um, her name, I want to say, is Vanessa. So okay. there is Dr. Doofenshmirtz's daughter, Vanessa, and then there is Phineas's biological sister, Candace. And if you look at their pictures, they are pretty much identical. One has red hair, one has black hair, but other than that, they are very, very, very similar. Um, Interesting. And so there's that gene, too, that looks very similar. Um, Let's see. This is really the kicker. Like, all these just kind of uh, develop interest, but this is really where I draw um, some of my validity in. So there's an episode, probably one of the most turning points of the series is the episode where we find out that Phineas's mother and Dr. Doofenshmirtz back in the eighties went on a date. Oh my gosh. And so I don't know that the writers of the show could make it any more black and white than that episode. Um, now obviously they don't get married. And so I don't know what kind of, uh, themes that Disney was trying to get across. Um, and I'm not drawing any conclusions. I'm just saying, Maybe that's the reason they didn't communicate it. Yeah, and and it's interesting because I watched an, inter- an interview with the writers of the show, and this conspiracy theory was brought up, and they completely denied it. Oh, really? Um, and so I, but I just don't like they might have denied it in public, but you just can't have all of these things and it not be true. You know, Doctor Doofenshmirtz's engineering mind and Phineas's mind in the same kind of way is uh, very, very uh, smart, very intelligent, uh, always inventing. Um, and so, yeah, take it for what you take it for what it's worth. Um, you know, if you agree with me, if you think that I have something here, please let me know. Um, I would love to hear what you think of the. Uh, just tell me who you think Phineas's dad is. I'm just trying to figure it out. That's incredibly interesting. Shout out to, was that Cartoon Network, Disney Channel? Disney Channel. Shout out Disney Channel and the writers of Phineas and Ferb for giving us that old nugget. Yeah. Well, so, uh, so, Finn, that's, that's me. That's yeah. me and my conspiracies. Uh, tell me what you got. Like, I mean, you said it. There are so many interesting ones out there. Um, all the way from from 9-11 to Sandy Hook to JFK, um, all this stuff. There's so many just interesting theories. Some have really intriguing and valid points and information, and some were just absolutely ridiculous. Right. I found one um, that I've looked into a little bit. Somebody told me about this one like a year ago. Yeah. And it was like one that as soon as they talked about it, I said, there might be something here. Okay. And it is, if you have not heard of this one, we are talking about the Mattress Firm conspiracy. Ooh. So if you're not familiar, Mattress Firm sells mattresses. And they uh, so they have, I looked this up, they have 30,000 stores in the U.S. I think they're actually going bankrupt. But it might just 30,000 stores is a lot of stores. Right. Oh, this is just the beginning. I'm just giving you some context here. We're only scrape, uh, scraping the surface. Um, I did see that they are going bankrupt. Yeah might be because they got found out. Yeah. Um, so we are on the we are on the brink of maybe what is to be the truth. Yeah, if you guys don't hear from us after this episode, know that we are just martyrs for the cause of <laughs> telling people about Mattress Firm. Um, so they have 30,000 stores in the U.S. That's nothing that raises any eyebrows. 
But, you know, if you've never noticed, typically you're going to see multiple master's firms within a couple of blocks of one another. Absolutely. Sometimes you got three, four, maybe even five on the same block, on the same street. Some even, I've seen them across the street from each other. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so different stores that sell the same product and have the same name. And it's crazy because you'll go into towns that don't have mattress firm, and then you'll go into towns like I'm from Lexington, and you drive on 378, and you'll pass – I mean, I could be wrong. You'll pass at least three mattress firms. Yeah. Within a – Five mile length. See, we're actually it's not the case here in Anderson. We only have one in Anderson, and yeah, they're in the building. That could process. just be because they have not found they're they're on Clemson Boulevard, which is very very busy, and there's no property available right. on Clemson Boulevard. So maybe they just got the only piece of real estate they could. Yeah, maybe they're planning something. But in Greenville, this is how it is. If you go to Greenville, I think they're on Woodruff Road. They've got like three of them on the same block. Okay, so they're very close together. And this starts to spark some questions because there is certainly not that great a need for a mattress. Yeah. You're supposed to buy a mattress, what, every 10 years? Yeah. And I feel like if that if that is, like, what you're supposed to do, then people really only buy mattresses every, like, 20 years. Right, right. Like, for a long time growing up, I did not – like, I did not get a mattress when I was – I did not get a new mattress when I was – I had the same mattress for a long time. Yeah, I think I had the same mattress from, like, elementary school. Yeah, like, people don't follow the once every 10 years rule anyway, so, like, it's even more time. And so I actually reached out to a friend of mine. His name is Tommy. What up, Tommy? And Tommy owns... Real uh, real life. Yeah, so Tommy owns the company Mr. Mattress. It's a local business here in the upstate. Are they rivals? Big rivals of okay. Mattress Firm. Well, at least they were. Mr. Mattress, go- I mean, mattress Firm is going out of business. Yeah. Um, Mr. Mattress put so them Mr. out of Mattress business. is going to go ahead and take everybody <laughs> up. Um, Mr. Mattress the thriving has mattress stores. Industry. They've got one here in Anderson. I think they've got some in Greenville and Easley. Yeah. Um, and so he kind of oversees all of this. Like, it's a family business. He oversees all this. So I texted him the other day, and I said, Tommy, what's a, a good day, traffic-wise, for a Mr. Mattress store? Yeah. Keep in mind, this is... Mattress Firm's main competitor, so you yeah. got to assume with Mr. Mattress Firm going out of business that this is the same case for Mattress Firm it's as good. it is Mr. Mattress. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. They're probably pulling in the same amount of numbers, right. if not Mr. Mattress pulling in more. Um, so I asked him what it was for a good day at one of his stores to have people come in. You know what he said? 20 people. And think wow. about it. People aren't buying mattresses. There's not like a ton of people that are just going and saying, hey, let's go get a mattress today. Yeah. So a good day for I don't him, think I've ever heard someone say I really don't right. think I've ever heard someone say And that. once in a blue moon, you see somebody actually parked at one of these stores right. that's not the employee. And so generally they have like one person working there, and he's just kind of chilling, watching Netflix, maybe doing some numbers and everything right. yeah. until somebody comes in and he sells them a mattress. So if there's only 20 people going in, why are there four on the same street? Yeah. On a good day, 20 people. Okay. So that just kind of brings up some questions, but it doesn't necessarily scream conspiracy. It does, however, allow us to start to use our imagination. Um, most popular theory is that Mr. Matt, I mean, Mattress Firm is a money laundering front. Right. So I've heard that one. If you don't know what money laundering is, that's when somebody who's making a lot of money doing something that's illegal 
Um, they start to, or they buy a store or a business so that they can mix all their dirty money in with yeah. clean money that they're getting from yeah. their business, in this case, selling mattresses. So the theory is that Mattress Firm began as this money laundering front right. that just got way out of hand. They started expanding and they were nationwide. Yeah. And it got out of hand and people started realizing, yo, if we're going to go buy a mattress, we're going to Mattress Firm. Yeah. So that's one of the, the arguments of like why they have so many on different street corners because the more facilities you have, the, the more, more you can spread it out. Uh huh. The more that you can make it yeah. less noticeable to the uh, IRS. So that's just a theory. But here's where it gets interesting. According to Business Insider, okay, a very reputable oh, yes. uh, source here. I think I believe Business Insider is also the website where I got the Phineas and Ferb. Oh yeah, so we yeah, know what I'm we're. Sure. <laughs> so Business Insider is a it's a, a website that I use for a lot of my classes. I'm a business major, and a lot of the research I do is through Business Insider articles. And they had one on this very conspiracy theory, Ooh. asking questions and seeing if it was if it was legit. Um, and what they said was Steinhoff is the company that owns Mattress Firm. They're based out of South Africa, is what Tommy told me. And they bought um, Mattress Firm. Last year, they delayed their annual report for, get this, accounting irregularities. Ooh. Mattress Firm also declined to comment. I've, so I don't know a lot about accounting, but when I hear the phrase accounting irregularities, Irregularities. A regular toiletry. I don't think of I don't think of good things. Yeah. So I actually have taken some accounting classes. They were miserable. Um, but I have learned that you haven't you owe an annual report if you're a business to the IRS at the end yes. of the year. And they delayed that annual report because of these accounting irregularities. So what that what does that mean? That could mean that they did not do a good job of laundering their money. Yeah, so it took them a minute. They have a ridiculous amount of income that right. they've got to figure out what to do with. And so that's just one of the big things that's surrounding Mattress Firm. Um, another thing is like the fact that they always have really low prices, whether you're like looking on – I looked on their website and stuff yeah. like that, compared it to other mattress stores. They have really low prices. And if, if for me – if I was laundering money, I would be cutting prices in half so my yeah. numbers don't look ridiculous to the IRS. Yeah. So I looked at one. They had a they had just about everything on their website was half off. Gosh. All right. And so like a $4,000 mattress was marked down to $2,000 that they're selling. Yeah. Why you spend that much on a mattress, I have no idea. I've also never been in the market, so that might be an average price. Who knows? Yeah. But they are selling these mattresses dirt cheap and still up until – the time this theory came out, they were still surviving for years. Right. This isn't like a new thing that Mattress Firm is like opening so many stores. I mean, this is ever since I was little, I can remember Mattress Firm being this way. They have attacked real estate and built all these facilities. And how are you getting the money to buy? The hardest thing of starting a business is getting real estate. It's one of the most difficult things you can do. Okay. That's why so many great companies, if you ever watch Shark Tank, so many of these great companies fail because they don't get real estate. Yeah. And so, how are they getting this much property, more than necessary, in like prime locations? By selling cheap mattresses. Yeah. How are you paying for it? 
So it doesn't add up. That is the uh, that is. I just wanted to throw that conspiracy out there. I'm not telling you what I believe, but I did want to present you guys. And we said at the beginning of this season that we wanted just to create a dialogue amongst our amongst yeah. our listeners. So send I, us in your your favorite conspiracy. Theories. I believe that the company that owns Mattress Firm, if I just had to go out on a limb here, I think they would also specialize in aquatic marine training. And they are also the same company that mm-hmm. are training the sharks in the Israeli army. Weaponized sharks. Yes. But I could be wrong. Just a theory. We're just here to paint on a blank canvas. And um, hopefully shed some light Yeah, in the dark areas of this world. Well, hey, this has been good. Um, I love this. This is what a time to imagine and question, um, do a little research. It's always good for the mind. Um, if you have any interesting conspiracy theories yourself and you want to um, communicate them to us, I think that'd be fun for Finn and I to read y'all's um, fan conspiracy theories. Uh, I promise you, I'm a big conspiracy theory guy. If any of you guys see me out and you want to talk about ones that weren't mentioned on this show, yeah, I've got tons of facts I can throw at you. Oh, yeah, for sure. And if, you, and if you see me around um, – and I like look busy. Do not stop me uh, to talk about conspiracy theories. I, I don't care. Forget where to... I'm going. Please stop me. I live for someone to pull me aside and talk about a conspiracy theory. Um, unless we're talking about uh, the only conspiracy theory you can stop me for is the Doofenshmirtz and Phineas conspiracy theory. I don't want to talk about anything else. Um, but no, for real, this has been this has been great. Um, well, hey, I think uh, I think we're about done here. I think this is a great place to stop it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we do appreciate you guys listening um, to a yet again another fun episode of The Boys Will Be Boys. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Boys Will Be Boys. Hey, I love I love following Boys Will Be Boys podcast on Instagram. It Word is on a, the street is, we've got some new content coming out this week. Ooh, I like that. I really do love following it. It's so much fun. There's so many giveaways. Mm. Uh, it just brings a lot. Like... I would say if I were to spill a cup of a new cup of iced coffee on my car, but I pulled out my phone and looked on Instagram and there was a new post by Boys Will Be Boys, it would just make it would just pull the dagger out just a little bit. I'll tell you one thing that I love more than our Instagram page. What's that? Our fans. Mm. And so I was talking to our social media guy because we like got a full team. Oh, that, yeah. that does Boys Will Be Boys podcast. They sit in the room. They just don't say anything. They're, yeah, they're all here they're now. Here. And so um, our social media guy, I was talking to him, and he said he would love to get some some pictures of us with the fans. So if Ooh. you guys see us and you want to be featured on the Boys Will Be Boys Instagram page, pull us aside. We'll take some selfies. We'll hold your baby. We'll yes. sign your forehead. Absolutely. We'll do whatever. I love babies. Hey, real quick, this is just cool. I was looking at this the other day. Um, so we the, the way we uh, – publish our podcast we use a website called buzzsprout um, and what it allows us to do is look at how many listens we get how many listeners we have all that good stuff so that's always fun to look at but what i found this past week was uh, a locations tab so we can see like where in the world people are listening to us Um, and like 95 percent of our listens are coming from south america no, I'm just, kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, 99%. So you're telling me 17 people are listening from South America? <laughs> no, uh, the majority obviously are coming from North America, uh, South Carolina. We've got some 
Uh, we've got some from Tennessee. Shout out. Oh, uh, come if you're on, over Tennessee. There. Uh, we What's got the a, craziest we've got on there? Uh, let's see. The craziest we've got is we have got one single play from what looks to be Indonesia. Yes. <laughs> so on, if you are our loyal fan from Indonesia, I have heard many great things about your country. Hell, we'd love to have you on the show. Yeah. Um, DM us. Yeah, we've got uh we've got a good number from Europe. Um so yeah, thanks for really? internationally. It's Come on. we've hit a we've hit a stride and we're just going to keep everybody. going. So Hey, we've uh, we've missed the National Podcast Awards that are next week, but next year, yes, we'll be up in those things. You will see us on stage hopefully. That would be that would be awesome. There's more to come. We are just in the beginning. Hey, for real, thanks you guys for hanging out with us for another episode, and uh, we'll catch you guys next Tuesday. God, we love y'all.